It's that time of the year again. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. And DraftKings is giving all customers a free shot at up to $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings app and make your picks. Download the DraftKings app, head to their free-to-play pools page, and enter DraftKings' free $100,000 tournament seeding pool. Free-to-play pools are easy to play. All you have to do is make your picks for who you think will get a ticket into March's biggest tournament. If you have the most answers correct, you win. The bank is open. Plus, don't forget about golf's fifth major this weekend taking place in Florida, where DraftKings will have even more money up for grabs. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of $100,000 in total prizes with the DraftKings tournament seeding pool. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Quack Report. Um, uh, I'm just going to toss it right over to Nate here because while you were doing the DraftKings read, I grabbed myself a saltwater taffy and I forgot that they take 14 and a half minutes to chew. So how are you doing today, (laughs) I'm not doing too bad. It's, uh, yeah, just been a a slow week, you know, doing some work and that sort of stuff, like some homework and schoolwork and stuff for the podcast and whatever. So it's, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been all right. How about you? It's been good. I've just been <laughs> chewing the saltwater taffy for the last five days. So ever since your last time. I thought you just said it was 14 hours. <laughs> I don't know what I said. but <laughs> Or 14 minutes. I don't know what you said either. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to run the tape. But yeah, no, I've been, I've been pretty good. Just hanging out and uh, got lots of schoolwork. I got two projects due on Thursday. Um, two group projects. So those are always a fun time. And then there you go. I don't know what the plan is after that, but. You know, I always love having two things do on the same day. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's uh, always a good time, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so- I Yeah, I had one semester where I had two profs for four classes, and for both of their classes, they had things due on the same days. So it was an absolute shit show for the most part. The one prof, though, was really nice about it, though, and he's like, yeah, I know you're in both my classes, so I'll, uh, he's like, basically, okay, if you have everything to me for both these classes, like it was like two weeks later, basically, he's like, I'll, I'll be happy with it. So nice. That's good. <laughs> but so I'm, I still made sure to have like one thing in on like on the due date and then work on the other things. So, yeah. but so it's always nice when profs are self aware like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I do remember like that first, yeah, that first day of class because I had, yeah, it was him for like almost back to back classes. I think there was an hour in between or something like that. And then uh, the other prof was like on different days or whatever. But uh, so, yeah, I was in the like the morning class and then go to the afternoon class and he walks in and he just sees me and he's like, 
you're in this one too? I was like, yeah, I got two profs for four classes this semester. And he's like, oh, okay. I feel bad for you. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) we got to know each other pretty well. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) I think I know who you're talking about too. We won't say his name on here, but. Yeah, he's a, he's a beauty. So he's a beauty. I'm, I'm not surprised that uh, <laughs> that he just gave you an extra two weeks for that one. So yeah, that's good. Um, speaking of saltwater taffy as well, just because I I got the taste in my mouth. What you, you know what I'm talking about? Obviously, I'm assuming yeah. you have it. Okay. What's uh? I guess for anyone that doesn't know, it's I mean taffy, and then it's just like an insane amount of flavors. Like you, you any flavor you could possibly imagine, it exists in in saltwater taffy. Um, what's so? What's your favorite flavor? Or if you had to give me a couple. See, I'm actually not a taffy fan, so oh, really? I genuinely don't yep. have an answer for you. <laughs> okay, so you don't you don't care. Okay. Yeah, I'm not really not really a taffy person. So like if I go for candies, it's like gummy worms or gummy gummy bears are my kryptonite. There's not really mm-hmm. a difference, I guess, really between gummy burn like gummy worms and gummy bears, but just like I mean, you've seen me demolish a bag or two of uh gummy oh, yeah. bears and uh you know that that's that's why I am the way I am, essentially. So <laughs> But yeah, th- that's my kryptonite. So basically, if anybody wanted to lure me into a van, just hey, we got gummy bears in here. Fuck, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like those old movies, or like ET instead of M and M's, that you just leave like a trail of gummy bears up yeah, into exactly. a van, and you'll, we'll never see Nate again. <laughs> yeah, basically. Actually, um, no, you probably would see me again because I just annoyed the hell out of my kidnapper. Basically, that's true. Just, hey, you got any more of those gummy bears? No, I don't fucking have any more. Well, okay, then what else do you got? <laughs> Yeah, you you would not be a very good uh, kidnapping no. victim, I don't think. Well, and if he and if he didn't want to feed me anything else as well, we know I can we know I can get hangry. So that's what that would probably be the tipping point. He's just like, I'm not fucking dealing with this anymore. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just abandon me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Drop you off at the convenience store, throw you a tuna here, go buy yourself some gummy bears. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> do you have the seventy five cents? No, do you, do it on your own. <laughs> You know it's two seventy five. I think that means you have a problem. Oh no, I'm just I'm just making a joke. Oh okay. Like, there, there needs to be change with it. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. Well, I, I don't really have anything else to add. You you ruined my conversation starter by saying you hate saltwater taffy. So I guess there we go. <laughs> well, what's your favorite kind? We'll we'll still give that. Okay, there we go. Right now it's uh it's mango chili, which I didn't That's, think would be good, but it's pretty what? good. Yeah. Ma- mango chili. Yeah. Okay, now when we say chili, we're talking like a chili pepper or yeah. like like a bowl of chili. No, like a chili pepper. It's like spicy mango. Oh, okay. But also, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah, not that's something a, that's I a very interesting combination. Uh, yeah, I, I never would have picked it out, you know, or, or, you know, thought that that would be a good flavor, but it's pretty good. And when you think about it, you can have like, like mango chicken or whatever too, and it tends to be like a little bit spicy, like oh, from yeah, like I guess. Asian food restaurants. So it it, yeah. it basically tastes like that, but minus the minus the chicken flavor. It's just the just the sauce. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Here, I'll I'll make a little bit more of a conversation as well. Then. Okay. I'll ask you. Okay, you go to a Chinese, say like the Chinese place in the mall or something like that. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing you have to have outside of you know like the rice or noodle? What's oh, the one okay. thing you have to have? Um. Chicken balls, I guess. Chicken with, balls with with that little red sauce, sweet the, and sour sweet sauce. And sour I guess. Sauce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've yeah, always I, just call it red yeah. sauce because as a kid I was an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> see, I like chicken balls, but they give me instant headaches. Oh yeah, from so, the batter. Like, 
just the MSG or whatever it is in it. Yeah. So like I like it, but it's it's basically like a lactose person having a bunch of cheese or like something like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's instant regret. Yeah. So um but yeah, like, yep. it's literally instant uh sweet and sour pork. 100%. Oh yeah. Oh I and that's, that too. Yeah. And that's what I will judge like Chinese food places on as well. Is there sweet and sour pork? Mm-hmm. If it's meh, the restaurant's meh. That's yeah, that's my that's judging fair. point. Yeah. So basically, we like the sweet and sour stuff here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> the worst part, though, is like I, as a kid, I hate mushroom or hated mushrooms. I still don't like them. I'll like deal with them, but as a kid, like I, I wouldn't want them anywhere near me. And the stuff yeah, that was same here. The stuffed like battered mushrooms, they uh, they look exactly the same as the chicken balls. So I was, it was a very sad day when you're at the buffet and you scoop a bunch of stuffed meat uh, mushrooms <laughs> onto your plate, thinking they're chicken balls, and you cut into them and. You just want to, you just want to die and go home. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, yeah, I got a lot better with mushrooms. I do like mushrooms now and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But uh, you talk about battered uh, mushrooms or that. I think of, I don't think of the ones at Chinese restaurants. I think of the ones at uh, Tino's in our hometown. Actually, oh yeah, those are good. The fried mushrooms, those are amazing. I, I've never had them and I have no desire to, but they look good. <laughs> I'll do tell it you with that. just do it with just a little bit of ranch. It's really good, actually. I'll take you. I, I do recommend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sorry. Well, okay. One last thing about food here, just because it, it <laughs> reminded me when I was telling that about like stuffed meatballs and it's not what you expect. So yeah. uh, I remember going to, I think it was like a Mother's Day brunch at, at one of the golf courses uh, back home. And uh, so obviously I got pancakes because you go to a brunch, you want to get those pancakes. Yeah. Um, and then I got to the end of the line and I, I saw like some whipped cream and I was like, okay, it's weird that it's not by the pancakes, but like, sure, like I'll take oh, whipped no. cream. <laughs> Tossed it on there, took a big bite, sour cream. Sour cream. I knew as soon as you said that, it wasn't, but I was like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah, and then I thought about it. I was like, okay, that makes sense because there was like a like a roast at the end as yeah. well. So I was like, okay. You did it. And I think there was even pierogies there too, but like I just didn't put it together. I was like, okay, yeah, they have the condiments at the end. That makes sense and all the toppings. <laughs> nope. So I, I don't know if that's ever happened to you or, or like something similar where you, you put yeah, something there you're was, not expecting on on food. Oh, what was it? It was. Uh, well, I guess we're coming. We're kind of coming up on Easter. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything that was like the start of the pandemic, so everything's like really locked down and uh, that sort of thing. There's a restaurant doing, uh, you know, like meals for two or meals for four of like Easter stuff. So it was uh, turkey and everything like that, and it came with uh, a dessert as well. And what we thought was ice cream was actually just like a ball of butter. <laughs> and so it's like a dessert thing. I forget. Or no. Oh, no. It was I, – I went to spread just like some butter – like some of the uh, – or no. Sorry. Or maybe it's the opposite. No, it's the opposite. We thought it was butter, but it turned out to be ice cream. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I went to spread this on like the piece of toast that it came with. And I bite into it. And I'm like, that's ice cream on uh, on toast. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? It was good, surprisingly. <laughs> I, I can imagine that that would be good. It would be like apple pie, but minus the apple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a little more, not garlicky, but like herby, I guess. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spicy apple pie. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much, uh, yeah. too much cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we should get into uh, the, the rest of the episode here. We got a, yeah, a pretty hungry. packed one. So, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but let's get into the ducks first here.
So we are recording on Wednesday afternoon, just before the uh, the second game against the Kings here. Uh, but we do have the first one to talk about, of course, the uh, 6-5 overtime win there. Um, so the second game, uh, or the second uh, win in as many games. So that's exciting, putting together um, kind of a mini streak here. We'll see if we can make it a, a true win streak with three um, tonight. But for now, we got we got two wins in a row, which is pretty exciting. So... Um, yeah, and then it's ex- kind of a it's ex- normally it wouldn't be exciting, but after you lose nine straight games, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, kind of a barn burner, as I said as well. Six five, so tons of goals coming from the the battle of uh, Southern California. There, mm-hmm. um, initial thoughts on this game here, Nate. Bit of a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, after the first period, it was two one. And then I think it was, I'm trying to do math in my head right now. <laughs> yeah, then we were up 5-3. Mm-hmm. And then we got tied 5-5. I think there was another, t- there was a tie in there at some point, but I'm just thinking like the end of the periods. Yeah. Um, but that was a game that, I mean, you're watching most of it and it was the same thing again, I think. We we had 10 minutes where we just didn't play. Yeah, And that resulted in going to overtime, um, which I mean, disappointing there but i think the rest of the game was pretty you know back and forth and whatnot and um i'll just make sure on what the account name is specifically here okay um because there's a new king's pod uh the king's realm podcast is a new uh la king's show on the hockey podcast network there so we were tweeting back and forth a little bit with each other and uh yeah i'm trying to remember what Oh God, I, I wasn't prepared to do this. Obviously, <laughs> this aspect just of flying it. by the seat of your pants today. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can see if I can find that tweet here. We, we just put all our effort into the hundredth episode, and, and now like our conversation yeah, starters aren't going, and we're not <laughs> just prepared. Gone. And yeah, so we're, we're just throwing um, it all out the window for one hundred and one here. Yeah, we like we were going back and forth with a couple of things. So like the end of regulation going to overtime. So the Kings realm had. Posted like regulation ends and the LA Kings are entitled to one point. Now let's go and get that second one. And then after Henrik's game winner, I just put the Bugs Bunny thing or just a no. (laughs) 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 So yeah, I just like fun with that. But like, where was, oh, there was another one that was going. um, Oh yeah, here it is. So they had said. Oh, no, that wasn't it. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, there, I w- we were tweeting back and forth quite a bit here. Where did it go? Oh, my God. Okay, talk about talk about something until I find this. <laughs> okay, well, because you brought it up, I'll, I'll talk about the uh, the game winner in overtime there. First of all, beautiful okay, stop, assist stop, from Zegers. Oh, I was stop. just getting into it. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, sorry. No, this still isn't the right thing. God damn it. Okay, well, stop there me once you're sure. There has to be an easier way to go through all this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful assist by, by Zegers there, just... You know, waiting out. I think that was Drew Doughty, um, and then kind of waited for him to go down and just tucked it between the leg and uh, the. Oh stick yeah, there. it was beautiful. So, like Henrik's not missing that. I, I don't care how bad of a season he's had up until this point, um, and I mean he's obviously been better, but um, up until up like he, no one's missing that. I'm sorry, like that's that yeah has exactly, to go in. and it did. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, so beautiful, beautiful assist by Zegers there. I was honestly expecting the shot. Um, I but, was too. But, so I, I yeah. you got to imagine that uh, the LA defensemen there, or two, I guess, were mm-hmm. also thinking shot just yeah. by 
yeah, just the way that Zegers was kind mm-hmm. of positioned. Like it looks like he was getting ready for it. But mm-hmm. again, we talk about how dangerous of a player this guy can be. And uh, if you head on over to the Stick Hungry podcast as well, I hopped on there to talk about the upcoming Sharks and Ducks as well. And uh, was talking to some Zegers as well. And that's the same word I used there was just this kid is dangerous. So Yeah, yeah I think Peterson definitely had to respect the shot. Like, yeah. um, you, you know, on a break like that, the goalie might usually cheat a little bit. Just a but, little bit. But you're hoping your defenseman, because they're like, I'm looking at a screen grab of it. Mm-hmm. The defensemen are pretty much right there. Oh, and, yeah. Like, that, that puck just got through. So as a goalie, you almost don't want to challenge that because you're like, okay, it's this is on my defenseman here. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but the fact that he got the shot through is like a, a huge um, positive, I guess, to, to Zegris there. Like, yeah, mo- a lot of players wouldn't make that pass, uh, and Drew Doughty usually stops those. I'm pretty sure it was Doughty. Is it? Uh, it was Doughty, and I'm just taking a look at this. Yeah. Doughty and Brown, so oh, two yeah. veterans. Yeah, exactly. Who have been around for a long time. Yeah, so that's a. Uh, Sweet play there. Did, did yeah. you finally find it on Twitter? Yes, I did finally okay. find it. I feel like there's a theme of food going on for some reason in this episode because this tweet stemmed out from a food type thing as well. <laughs> so it was a tweet from the uh, the end of the second period. So I was like, okay, period ends 5-3. There's one more left. And then just asked, like, what did everyone have for dinner tonight? Just some engagement type thing, right? Like, we like to talk to you guys on Twitter during intermissions and everything like that. So... Uh, so yeah, I yeah, asked like, "What did you What did you have for dinner uh, tonight? Make us Make us hungry again." And the King's Realm had put a GIF of uh, some roasted duck and said, "Delicious." And oh. so replied with uh, a GIF of uh, good old uh, what Michael Michael Scott from uh, the Office, uh, just saying like. We'd said like, "Wow, come on, guys!" And it's the gif of I'm a I'm a victim of a hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the King's Realm had replied, "Well, the Kings are a victim of poor defense. Can we call it even?" <laughs> so we uh, so I replied on our behalf. Uh, we're sorry. Did you see Kempe's two goals? We think the poor defense is even enough here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and that that really was kind of the the downside I think outside of you know not playing for those ten minutes was. This should have been maybe a bit more of a blowout, I think, than it was. Or, I mean, obviously it wasn't, but like mm-hmm. that 5 3 or even 5 2 should have been the final result, I think. Oh, for like, sure. The, the yeah. defense just collapsed for whatever reason. Like, I think it was, um, I think, yeah, it was Brown's goal, I think. Or no, who, yeah, I think it was Brown's goal. Um, our entire team decided to go to the left circle and leave him mm-hmm. wide open in the slot. Yeah. Right. Like we don't need four or five guys covering two that are along the boards. Right. So yeah, I mean, exactly. like yeah. even the spot on the boards, it was not a high danger chance. So yeah, that was one yeah. of the earlier goals in the game, right? Uh, that one was, was period, wasn't it? Uh, early in the second. It was at the one Oh one mark. Okay. Yeah, so so that's that's still a great example, but like we also let in two goals in the third as well. Um, yeah, and it seems like it's and that a consistent was the ten thing. minutes off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's consistent that we go into the the second intermission with a, a lead of some sort, um, and then I don't, I don't want to say sit back because we're obviously still playing, but we're we're not we don't have that energy that that supports you know that play like we're we're letting them into the defensive zone and just trying to play safe defense when we should also be trying to do somewhat more aggressive offense to 
try and keep the puck in the, mm-hmm. the offensive zone slash the Kings defensive zone. They're not going to score a goal from their own end of the ice. Hopefully knock on wood, Jesus. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like that, team, that, yeah that's a big thing, I think. And, and just by letting, giving them that space in the neutral zone and then almost letting them come into our zone is what's generating those chances. And that's something I'm not a, a huge fan of. Um, and I think, but I think that's just Eakins's style of coaching. Yeah, I think I think this need this team needs to play you know an aggressive offense that I think we saw during this game that can Definitely. happen. Yeah, but they need to play that a lot more, obviously, because you know it's still rough that yeah our leading scorer is Max Comtois. Like that's that's great and everything. I love seeing the young guys produce, but mm-hmm. he's leading the team with only nine goals. Yeah, that's not a whole lot of goals, and that that's your leader. Like that's not good, guys. Yeah, not at yeah, all. Exactly. You're not. You're obviously not going to win games like that. Mm-hmm. The the so, one play that I I really liked um, that, that can kind of segue us into this talk because it was fucking gorgeous, um, and that's the uh, the the goal with where Henrique was forechecking, picked up the puck behind the net or stripped it behind the net, mm-hmm. did his uh, spinner spinnerama backhand pass, spinnerama backhand no look pass to Raquel who then spun around and backhanded it top cheese on Peterson. Oh. Jesus fuck, that was a nice Jeez. goal. Yeah, like it, it's nice to just look at the Raquel aspect of it, but mm-hmm. then you add that Henrique aspect of it as well. Like these are two guys that we we said it was going to happen with Raquel once he finally got that monkey off his back, he was going to go off like we know he can. Yeah, right. And Henrique, that waiver uh, placement and going to the taxi squad for a little bit might have been the wake up call that he needed. Oh, right? for sure. And yeah. these two, arguably over what I think they're about, they've. They both kind of picked it up about six games ago or five games ago. About now. that, yeah, yeah. They've easily been our best players. At yeah, this which point. is what we need. That's that's exactly. what they, we signed them for, and one hundred percent they have been. So, um, yeah, that that was awesome. I think I I saw today. Um, Raquel has like twelve points in his last six games. So, jeez, that's, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was also nice to see in this game as well. Shattenkirk finally put in a goal as well because mm-hmm. we did obviously bring him in to you know be a defenseman and help out in that back end but yeah what's what did i just say that this team is lacking still offense mm-hmm. right yeah and that's part of what he brought got brought in to do and he knows that too because he said that it, uh during the intermission as well that he understands that he was brought in to help uh supply offense from the back end so yeah it's yeah, nice exactly. that he that he went and you know hopefully this is kind of the the TSN turning point of of, of that as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was actually his second yeah. goal of the season. He got one against Colorado, so he has two goals in in back to back games here. Oh, maybe that's what he was thinking so, about. But yeah, still, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, no, because he, he does ha- did have a goal in uh, against LA there as well. So mm-hmm. it's uh yeah, it's nice to see him producing, uh, and I think he knows when to you, you know pinch on the play and and leave the blue line, which is is really good. And that, that comes with just his veteran experience. I yeah. Think, so. For the most part, he is a smart defenseman. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, there, are de- <laughs> there have definitely been moments where it's been, really, this is what we paid for. But Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a- anything else you want to add about this game, or uh, or can I segue us here? Uh, this, well, I mean, this might even be a segue in itself. There okay. was a lot of people, myself included, we're very concerned about Trevor Zegers' ice time in this game and really just over the last couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been an ongoing thing since he got brought up, but I think it really hit a new low in his first game against LA. Trevor Zegers only played, where's the number here? Eight minutes and 46 seconds. That included playing overtime. 
I, I, what's the point of having him up if you're going to shelter him this much? I understand doing it like to a little bit of a point, right? To, you know, get him in and that sort of thing. But at this point, he, you know, if you gave him the chances, he should be used to the NHL game by now or very, very close, right? Like it's about 10 games to get used to it. But if you're going to shelter him this much, give him the offensive end face-offs, not the defensive end, but then you start replacing him with, I mean, we yes, we call him elite center Derek Grant, but like if you're just going to keep swapping Grant in, right? Like Grant played 18-something minutes in that game, right? If you're going to keep swapping him out and not giving him the chances or anything like that, What's the point of having him up? Because it's not helping him develop at all. You'd be better off to send him down to the AHL, let him play the full year down there, and rack up 20 minutes a night. And just, you know, actually be able to play. So we are, again, we are recording this before that second game against LA. It'll be, I'm going to be really watching his time on ice, honestly. Because if it's anything like this, like honestly, under 11 minutes, send him back to the A. And and not as a punishment to him, but Dallas Eakins can't continue to do that. That doesn't develop players. And yeah, Bob no. Murray needs to be able to see that also, mm-hmm. right? Because this is supposed to be essentially your next Ryan Getzlaff or your next Corey Perry, right? Or just like this is supposed to be essentially your superstar of the future. And if you're going to stunt him like this, Right, that's not going to help his development whatsoever. You're just putting him behind, for essentially. Yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. And I, I'm going to say a couple defenses here, just for the sake of conversation. I definitely think Zegers needs to play more. Um, but we we were running eleven forwards. Well, we have been running eleven forwards seven D for a while, so that already puts us short on forwards and kind of fudges up the lines. Uh, but then Troy Terry was out pretty early at at some point in the first period. Um, yeah, he played five five minutes. Yeah, so then you're down to um, 10 forwards. Ten, ten so, so you basically have to run three lines at that point. And then you have the one guy, or you, I guess you would swap your, in this case, left wings around. And I think Grant is technically left wing, and Zegras has been playing the wing as well. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Anyways, but basically you're, you're just rotating guys in and out every other shift on that, that third line. Um, so that, that causes quite a bit of an issue there. I will say that that's probably... A, a big cause for why it's significantly lower than what we've seen before. Because I think the lowest before that was what, like 13 minutes or something around there, 12 or 13? Um, it was. Let me just pull it up here. Uh, game logs. His, uh, his next lowest time on ice was 12.25, and that was his third game in the league. Yeah, so I, I would say that probably contributed a little bit is is just having to basically run three lines and then having that that one swap in. Um, the other one I'll, I'll say is he does only have the two assists in uh, seven games, which is l- I don't want to say less than expected because I don't really think there was any expectations. It was like okay, show us what you can do. But um, for a team that's struggling to score, you do want to see a little bit more from that. And and if other guys are firing, you do want to be playing them more, uh, like Henrik's line and. Yeah. and Ra- um, Raquel's line because they are on those separate lines, right? So okay, I, I, I can I will, see the defense there, yeah. but I, I do agree that if that's how you're going to treat it and like only give him the, those eight ish 
10 max minutes, then he does need to be sent down. But that's mm-hmm. what I'd say for the, the significantly lower numbers this game. Yeah, I, I will argue against, though, the points. Because it's not to say that there hasn't been an effort or anything like that, right? Yeah. To compare it, it was like Raquel earlier in the season. You're seeing mm-hmm. the attempts, right? Yeah. Like, I can think of, you know, he's played seven games. I can think of at least five high-quality scoring chances that he just missed every single time. Yeah. Right? Like, it was mm-hmm. just a save or a defenseman just got in the way. But other than that, like, those are sure goals. Yeah. Right? So that's just looking from a scoring standpoint. On the other hand, this kid's passing, and I mean, it really showed, I think, during that Henrik overtime goal, this kid's passing is unbelievable, and he's been showing it to us consistently, but when everybody else also isn't putting the puck in, that's obviously not going to help your assist stats by any means. Yeah, no, for right? sure. So. so I wouldn't say it's like it's just on him and it's just about points, but at the same time as well, you can only expect so many points or like so much to come about when you play him so little right yeah so but he has been played in those positions to succeed like in the offensive zone he got a shift in overtime he has been out on the power play um a little bit not a a ton i think the last game but again sorry 50 seconds but that was on one power play opportunity but that overtime one did you just say that was an offensive zone face-off no 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 i'm saying offensive zone face-offs and time in overtime like two separate Mm, things okay Yeah. yeah sorry but yeah like i I can't think of a defensive zone faceoff that he's actually been able to take offhand. No. Everything has been offensive zone, right? So mm-hmm. how are you going to develop him to be a number one centerman that he easily could be in this league in a couple of years? No, yeah, but I'm saying well, my point is that if he's in... Him in, those, in, those, in those areas, you yeah. have to be able to do it. So like again, I understand sheltering to a point, mm-hmm. but this is way too much. Like This is at the level of like a helicopter parent that doesn't let you do anything unless it's cleared by them. Right. You have to let this kid grow and try things Mm -hmm. or it's, or it's not going to pan out. Yeah. No. So, so my point with the offensive zone faceoffs, like if we look at it on on the other side, the, if you're only playing him and starting in the defensive zone, then chances are he's not getting a lot of offensive opportunities. If, Mm -hmm. if you don't win that draw, you spend 30 seconds and then you're going up the ice. You're probably tired from a tough defensive shift. You dump it and you, you go for the change. If you're starting in that offensive zone, then you're, you're basically handed a scoring opportunity right away, uh, assuming that you win the faceoff. If you don't, then you better be forechecking to try and, and get that puck back. Um, That's fair. Uh, and so I'm, not, I'm saying I'm that he saying should have a little bit more yeah. assists or goals that way. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he's still young and expectations can't be that high. But um, I, I think from the coach's perspective that coach's perspective that's maybe contributing a little bit like i'm putting you in these positions to succeed and only these positions so what like why don't you have more points like i'd say the bar should be around half a point per game and right now he's at about a quarter of a point per game Mm -hmm. it also could be though that i mean we talk about we've talked about the confidence of this kid Mm -hmm. if you're not put if it seems like you're not being allowed to be relied on if that makes sense yeah in certain areas yeah that's gonna hinder you a little bit also right and for whatever reason if it's you know the lack of experience or that sort of thing right now it doesn't feel like dallas eakins trust trusts trevor zegras though i don't think he's given him a reason not to so yeah yeah he hasn't given up any like bad 
plays, I wouldn't say. Like, he hasn't made any defensive mistakes. But yeah, I, that, I can't think of anything. That's not honestly. To, to say that we haven't seen them or, or maybe he hasn't made any defensive mistakes because he doesn't play defense. I, I really don't know. I haven't paid attention to that a whole lot. That that aspect of his game a whole lot, I'll be honest. But um, in terms of offense, yeah, he's got opportunities all over the place. But mm-hmm. what, when your whole team is struggling to to just finish plays, and this guy still isn't doing that, then I, I can see the. I don't want to say frustration from Eakins. That's maybe the the wrong word. But the um, the reasoning for for not having that trust in him yet in those mm-hmm. those we need to score a goal now situations. If you're not finishing, just like the whole rest of the team. So. I yeah, don't know. But, I, this, I but, it's, but it also works the other way as well, right? If the, the rest of the team isn't able to do anything either, he's not going to be able to do anything. So, mm-hmm. but. yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, it's tough. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions and that it's on, <laughs> on Eakins and yeah. I guess Murray as well. But, um, yeah, I would, I, like I would to just see like him to, get a little more ice, ice time. Yeah. So. I would just like to see him be given the chance, mm-hmm. right? And you know what? If it doesn't, you know, if you try, he learns and it, then it doesn't work. Right. Okay. Sure. That's when you start to remove him from certain situations. Right. And that happens across the league. That's not just for a rookie or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there are guys throughout the league that, you know, they're, they take a lot more, say, offensive zone uh, face offs than defensive end for sure. Right. There's certain areas that they're just better at starting at. Right. But you're also not going to find that out. For all we know, Trevor Zegers could be amazing on defensive end faceoffs and be able to help with that breakout right away, yeah. which that's something that can use some improvement also, but mm-hmm. we wouldn't know because he's not given that chance. Yeah, so. no, that's fair. So um, I, I guess maybe now that we are putting some wins together and looking stronger offensively, maybe we'll, we'll see a little bit more from Zegris. If mm-hmm. the whole team is going, uh, we might see just more production and more chances given to him. Um, but, but we'll see, I guess. Um, Hopefully uh, on Sunday we'll 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 have three games to talk about I guess on Sunday so hopefully we'll have yeah. uh, a little bit better news time on ice wise for Zegris but um, for right now uh, I know let's let's do one more topic before we we take a quick break here so um, Ricard Raquel we've already talked quite a bit about him uh, this this episode uh, but he was just added to TSN's trade bait board which doesn't mean that you know Bob Murray's shopping him around um, mm. but if you read the article he's got a couple calls about Raquel from some teams. We don't know. Um, but basically just asking, hey, what, what will it take to get Ricard Raquel from you? And this is assuming these are playoff teams asking. And, and Bob Murray mm-hmm. said the price is very high, which is expected. He's had a great career, I'd say, with the exception of the uh, you know first 20 games of this season. Uh, but since then, he's put up, I think, 12 points in, in six games. Uh, or something along those lines. And mm-hmm. So right back to you know about where we're used to seeing him. Um, and, and so any playoff team would love to have him in their top six, or even in a third line role. Man, he could he could produce on the third line. Like, yeah, that would be Here, insane. In, in his last five, he's gotten ten points. Ten in his last five. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a yeah four that's a pretty good pace. Four goals. Points. Four goals and seven assists or six assists. Mm-hmm. And and it only looks yeah. like he's getting better too. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's it's going to be insane. So, um, so yeah. What are what are your thoughts on? Uh, I guess one more thing before we get your thoughts. Uh, he has one year left at three point seven nine million. So not a huge cap hit. We could potentially get him back in free agency, just like Grant uh, this mm. last season. Um, it, again, potentially. Um, but what would your thoughts be on on shipping Raquel out for um, 
basically the end of this year or or potentially forever. It does have the NHL does have Raquel listed as a left winger, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him play the right side as well. Have we not? Yeah, yeah, I have. I still wonder if Calgary is a spot that mm-hmm. he could go to for, say, a guy like Sam Bennett. They're still trying to find something yeah. uh, there for. And yeah, you you bring up a good point as well that we could easily get him back in free agency, yeah. right? Um, but uh, yeah, that that is because Bradshaw living up in Calgary is normally in on pretty much everybody yeah. and is normally in like a final three or that sort of thing when it, you know, kind of comes out as to who was in the mix. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I would not be surprised if, you know, Calgary has been calling Bob Murray about that. Right. So, cause mm-hmm. um, I mean, if I'm able to pick it out, I would really hope uh, NHL GM would be able to do something like that. Right. Be it Murray or true living. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do kind of, I'm, I'm kind of wondering about that, but um, I mean, obviously it would be, Nice if we could get some pieces, um, if we were able to, you know, get him back. Um, that might mm-hmm. have to be kind of a almost a conversation point between Murray and Raquel as well. Of like, hey, we're going to be doing this, but just know that we do want you to come back. This is to kind of yeah. benefit the team and that sort and, of and thing. benefit and, him potentially get him a run at the cop as well. Yeah, right? exactly. That so. uh, well, I guess he would have. Yeah, he would have seen the playoffs and. Yeah. Um, with that sixteen seventeen season, that would have been our last run. Yeah, he um, would have. Um, yeah. So I mean, I mean two. Well, I mean, well, he's three he's rounds, been but. well, he's been on the Ducks since two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. So he's been there the entire for a long time. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting so, how old he is because he yeah. just looks so young. But <laughs> yeah, no, he's twenty seven. So um, yeah, yeah, he played four games in 2012, 2013. So okay, so his first, I guess you would call full season was two thousand. Uh, 2014, 2015, uh, playing 71 games. Uh, so, so he's been consistent on this team since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I think the last year, I'm trying to remember offhand, was 2018 was the last playoff for Anon. I, I believe so. Yeah. So, so he has seen the playoffs, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But it, I, I would imagine the teams in the mix are. Um, like top contenders, mm-hmm. there's, there's. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement from those teams that are kind of in the middle because, um, you, you lose two weeks of your player if you're going across the border, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure the rules within the U.S. Uh, if, but I, I would imagine there's still like a getting to getting used to it sort of period, and if it doesn't mm-hmm. work out, then you might be strapped for, for cash at, at least for the rest of the season. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to to think about for sure. Um, I think Calgary is definitely in the mix. It's hard to say with the, the coaching change there. I think Bennett might get a better look, but I, I, I would imagine that Trilliving picked I'm, up the phone just to see, yeah. hey, if this doesn't work out in a couple weeks. Was a... I'm kind of wondering because it does sound like Calgary is trying to shop for a right winger because I think they've mm-hmm. really liked Elias Lindholm on the set, or on, uh, in center there. Yeah. So they want somebody to be able to wing with, uh, you know, like probably Johnny Gaudreau or Sean Monaghan. Yeah. So... Do you think we could see a, a trade within the division or no? I feel like it would be, if there was, it would be closer to a trade deadline um, mm. with like one of those higher teams. Like we were talking to Griffin about 
Uh, say like Ryan Miller going to Colorado or something like that. It, obviously, pure speculation. We have nothing to go about that, but just yeah, that that just came up because we were talking about Colorado's goaltending situation. They could use somebody because they just have goaltending injury woes, right? And yeah, that's not to say we don't have guys that you know wouldn't be able to back up Gibson for the last quarter of the season, right? You could have Anthony Stellars or. Uh, even if you wanted to try to call up Lucas Dostal at that point, right? Yeah. Hey, it's the end of the season. We're not going to be making the playoffs. Let's see what you can do, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, you see that all the time once uh, once teams yeah. are out of the mix. It's it's kind of like tanking, but also not really. You're still yeah. developing. It's more just so. kind of a realization. It's like, okay, now's the time to try stuff then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so we'll... Uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll keep our ears peeled for any talk on Raquel. I, I would be sad to see him go. Hopefully he would come mm. back, but... Um, yeah. But I think we could get a good return for him. And I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of up and coming guys. And if he doesn't come back, we definitely have guys to fill um, the hole that he will leave. Not mm. immediately, but in a couple of years, I think. So yeah, for um, sure. And, and it would they'd be cheaper options at least in the meantime. I think Raquel's going to demand a pretty hefty paycheck. Yeah, probably. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, here let me just double check before we go to break here what he's making right now. Let's just get um, an idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that 3.79 is is actual cash or if that's a, a cap hit. But I, I know it's a pretty team friendly deal. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, total salary. His cap hit is three million seven hundred and eighty nine dollars. Uh, but okay. his his total salary is uh three point eight mil. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah. So th- that's a pretty nice deal that he's on right now. Yeah, I, so I would I, imagine he's in the six to seven mil range. Yeah, I'd say dep- like six, six and a half would be a pretty decent deal. And you know, again, yeah. compared around the league and whatnot, six mil is pretty. That's pretty good. So yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a significant raise for Raquel, but it's still, yeah, but it's it's deserved as well. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's and uh, and we we kind of briefly mentioned. Um, you know, the draft and, and guys to, to fill in these holes later and stuff like that, which we'll get to on the other side of the break. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to touch on with Raquel here? Or? No, I got nothing. Okay. As, I, I just wanted to keep, keep producing like he has been the last few games. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, exactly. All I right. Like tweeting well, out, I like tweeting out Rick Rack Paddywhack. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every, that time, has... every time Raquel scores, I grab up my phone and wait for the the notification yeah. for you to post that. <laughs> I uh, I know we keep talking about potential merch coming down the line of that, but I feel like I'm just we're tr- we're trying to brainstorm a couple ideas. I feel like Rick Rack Paddywhack needs to be one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> oh. All right, well yeah, let's take a quick break. Let's see if I can uh, finish an entire saltwater taffy in the time it takes to to play these ads here. So. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For, he's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcast. All right. So, a couple of... Uh... Couple of news bits, I guess, to hit. Nothing really 
to discuss, but we'll see. We tend to to get off uh, <laughs> the rails a little bit here. So, um, first of all, there was talks about dr- the draft getting moved, um, potentially just not even postponed for the, the summer, um, just entirely moving it to the next season, just because it's so hard to get a uh, get scouts into arenas to actually watch young players, and a mm-hmm. lot of junior leagues are are not running or are just starting up now. So, yeah, um, there was talks about that, but nothing or. Nothing really came out of it. I don't think they've confirmed that it's going to stay in this season, but it seems like the most likely scenario right now. So, um, anything to say about that? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes it makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. This one's a little bit more discussion, still related to the draft, but there was some new rules proposed uh, sent out to GMs here. And if I find the tweet. Um, yeah, this is as, as per Chris Johnston on Twitter at reporter Chris. Um, the NHL is proposing changes to the draft lottery that would see one teams limited to mo- no more than two lottery wins in a five year period. We'll call Edmonton that Oilers. We're looking at you. Yeah, we'll call that the Oilers provision there. Yeah. Uh, teams only allowed to jump ten spots with a lottery win. And third, a reduction in the number of picks decided by lottery from three to two. Um, so yeah, just. I guess minor tweaks. Um, I, I know there was some news coming out about kind of what GMs thought about this, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember what they thought about it. So what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I think that second one, that more came about, I think, from this last draft uh, with the New York Rangers jumping up. I think they jumped up 11 or 12 spots is mm-hmm. what they did. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the, the Rangers provision, I guess, as well. So yeah, um, uh, That happened to Philly a few years ago, I want to say, as well. Did it not? I don't remember offhand. I want to say the Nolan Patrick draft. Or did they suck that year? I thought they sucked that year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do remember it happening you know, somewhat recently. And I feel like the Devils were... Oh, maybe maybe I'm thinking of the Jack Hughes draft, but Philly oh, jumped no. up to second New, or something. New Jersey sucked ass. No, no, no. no but Philly <laughs> oh, okay. jumped up to like second or third that year, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and they um, were like and they were like just out of the playoffs or something. I don't remember exactly what it yeah. was, but yeah, New York is the most recent example. Um, I'm for some reason I'm confused. Maybe it's just the wording of it or something like that. But what's I don't understand where that like how that third point comes into play that there would be a reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two. Well, because right now they draw for the first spot, the second, and the third, right? Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But now it's just you just draw for the first two. So if you finish bottom of the division, the, the worst pick you can get is three rather than four. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I, like, I do like that better, actually. That makes more sense. Yeah, it, it says, we'll call this one the, the Red Wings provision because they, yeah. they got absolutely snuffed this year. Like, I honestly the, the fourth overall bad. pick and they didn't yeah, even hit 20 wins. Like, Yeah, because like as I don't even know if you could call what happened there a tank like okay like it's no. you could maybe call it a tank because you know it was just so drastically bad because of the roster right there wasn't really a whole lot of one mm-hmm. but at the same time you can't expect that team to be competitive right no, no exactly and like and that was a team that you know they were trying like obviously there was okay you know we're finally going to do a rebuild mm-hmm. but they still had a group i think that could have been, that they thought was going to be at least competitive i don't think they were yeah. expecting that bad of a record yeah no but they were still an nhl team right like they still got yeah, exactly. 19 wins four of which against the canadians which i think is hilarious I but it was less than that was it 
maybe, maybe I don't know. Oh, maybe no, know. they were on pace for 19 if the full season happened. That's what. Okay, it was. I'm going to double check just to see what it ended up being. Yeah, so I think that that's that rule is somewhat like in regards to this as well. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I'd be interested. Also, sorry, just going back to the only allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. So basically, if you finish in the um, like the top five, I guess, of the bottom, you wouldn't have a chance at the lottery. Like if they drew your name, it wouldn't even matter, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, unless I'm un- misunderstanding this, but essentially you just take the bottom 10 teams and if you're in the middle of like kind of a bubble team, you would just draft where you normally draft. Which makes sense. Yeah. Yes, but... That way, because I, I would say, you know, on average about 10 teams are... You know, you know that they're not going to make the playoffs, and then there's mm-hmm. always those bubble teams. And then if you're a bubble team, so, which means you're like pretty decent or have a decent chance of making the playoffs slash contending, there's also a potential you could get that that top pick. Mm-hmm. Again, look at this last year, which was a little bit of a different year. But Pittsburgh, Edmonton, um, and who's the other one? Toronto all had a chance at the uh, at getting a top three pick, and they yeah. and they basically. Like they were, they were playoff teams. They were tops in the yeah. divisions. Let, let's take a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs here for a second, because I think that's the team that everyone was the most like, like okay, even more than Edmonton. Yeah, of like At Edmonton, okay, we expect we, shit. At Pittsburgh, yeah, like, do, like Pittsburgh, do, they expect do we that wanna, too. Yeah, like, do we want to let the NHL be able to do this? Let's take uh, Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. Mitch Marner, mm-hmm. John Tavares, mm-hmm. William Nylander. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Riley on the back. Why am I forgetting his first Morgan. name right now? Morgan, thank you. Uh, so just that that's five guys already, right? That are high caliber players, elite. Yeah. Like some of them elite and some of them are just like like high end, right? Yeah. Like on any other team, they're your first line guys, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then let's add, say, Lafreniere to that team. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people would be upset. Or Quinton Byfield or Tim Stutzla. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Tim no Stutzla on that team? Holy shit. But, no way. <laughs> and then, yeah, take a look at Edmonton where, you know, people were getting pissed, which is the whole reason why this one rule is being uh, yeah. proposed, right? That you had Taylor Hall, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, luckily for the rest of the league, Neil Yakupov turned into a bust. And Connor McDavid, all within what five years, six years, years? Yeah. yeah. So four number one draft picks in six years, right? And I mean, like they're just and, and countless top fives in between. Yeah, and countless, yeah, exactly. Like what well, that that Taylor Hall year was also with Jordan Eberle, where they I think they had traded for that pick though. Yeah, but yes, exactly. Like that's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, so but, yeah, and but, I, that's good too. add say add add a player like Lafreniere, Byfield, mm-hmm. or Tim Stutzla to that team, right? You can see why people will get upset. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh would just be you know people complaining because it's the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL and Sidney Crosby's still on that team, so they think it's a whole level fair. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I, really, I, I have no issues with any of these propositions. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, it, the, it makes it only... more fair. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, less of a, a gimmick, I guess, and it actually does what it's supposed to, uh, yeah. or more so what it's supposed to in helping the teams that actually need the help. So there was a I forget where it was or when it was even. I just it's just always stuck with me. There was a just like a fan proposal essentially 
Uh, you don't have teams that are at the bottom in the lottery because I guess like the lottery was a way to, um, you know, eliminate tanking, right? Like, okay, we're going to try to be the last team so that we can get the first pick or that sort of thing. It was kind of yeah. a, their way to get around it, but obviously it hasn't worked out that great. Yeah. Um, there's one proposal though that said take those bubble teams that just need kind of like that one more piece, have them be the teams that could t- draft top five because then it does make those bottom teams, you know, try to actually work, say, pick up some guys in free agency or that sort of thing mm-hmm. to be able to get to that spot, right? It's yeah. not rewarding mediocrity or, you know, just being horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I which, think that would, that would help those bubble teams too. Cause yeah. you look at teams like, um, I'll just as an example, I'll say Calgary and Minnesota. They're slightly different, but there's similarities there. And they've, oh, yeah, con- sure. they've yeah. consistently just been kind of in the playoffs, kind of not in the playoffs for the last, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you want to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, you know, there's been some deep runs. There's been some down years. But for the most part, they've either just squeaked into the playoffs and exited first round, got a middle first round pick, or they've just missed the playoffs and got that middle first round pick, which mm-hmm. helps you out, but not a not enough. So I think that would be quite interesting. I don't see the league doing that. but Oh, I don't see them doing that either, but it was just something that was proposed, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can see the benefits of this for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. So. I, uh, w- one thing I would like to see um, with this this first one, that you're not limited to more than two lottery wins in a five-year period, I would like to you to be able to pass on a lottery win. I think that would be interesting. So, say... Explain. So, this year, it's not supposed to be a super deep draft, Um like it, it'll be similar to, the, I guess the the Ryan Nugent Hopkins draft, where you know your top three players are still good and, it, and like useful pieces, but they're not like your Austin Matthews players, your Connor McDavid's, your Jack Eichels, like that caliber of a player. Mm-hmm. So if, um, so say, let's use the example this year, um, Anaheim. Um, gets the first overall pick. They take that next year. We're still not quite good enough. We win the lottery uh, again. Um, still not a super deep draft. Actually, oh, I'm going to stick with this. This isn't the example I wanted to go to. But um, <laughs> so we win the lottery again. Uh, again, not a super deep draft. Uh, but we know that two years down the road, there's you know this huge player like supposed to be the next you know Sidney Crosby McDavid level player. Like he's mm-hmm. he's 16 years old, just lighting up the the CHL or something like that. So you pass, hoping that you're still not good enough the next year and then hoping that you win the lottery again. See, now with that kind of, I guess, encourage tanking at the same time of like, yeah, you decided to pass on it, so you're taking that risk, but then you're tr- mm-hmm. like you're hoping you're that bad. If if I think if you want to, you know, say implement a rule like a pass, it's a one year max. Right. Yeah. So say, I don't know, let's, let's say the rule is implemented and you're in the 2014 draft. Uh, who picked first that year in 2014? Um, I normally remember this. Yeah. <laughs> I okay, see well, I yeah. see where you're going and why you picked 2014, but yeah, but you know, the next year is going to be Connor McDavid or even Jack yeah. Eichel, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, Pretty solid top three. Yeah. So that's a year then you would say, we'll pass, we'll take a risk at, uh, oh. you know, a, a top three in that. Yeah. By the so, way, that was the Aaron Ekblad draft. Which before. I mean, okay, it was still a great draft, but yeah. Okay. So who are the top three from the 2014 draft again? Is Ekblad? Um, 
Sorry, just a sec. Uh, oh, that's the rankings. We want round yeah. one. I, I saw Sam Bennett. I was like, that wasn't Bennett. Um, oh, it was Ekblad, Reinhardt, and Dreisaitl, followed by Bennett. At four. Followed by Bennett. And who was number five? Uh, Michael Del Cole. Right. Jake Vertanen was six, just to throw another name into yeah. the mix. But So I'd say that's a pretty pretty solid draft. Yeah. So you could de- you could determine if, okay, these are the players that we could get, obviously solid players. Like mm-hmm. that, that top three is still pretty elite for sure. But that's when you could decide, okay, do we want to go with one of these guys or do we want to take a chance that we could get Connor McDavid next year? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you look at the top five of the next year. It's Connor McDavid, who everybody knew was was going number one. Jack Eichel, mm-hmm. who everyone knew was going number two because he's a number one in any other draft. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dylan Strom, Mitch Marner, and Noah Hannafin. Those guys were like well-known names at that point too, like mm-hmm. in their draft year. Um, yeah, and then there, there's other big names as well that maybe weren't quite as well-known. But um, yeah, you know, you, you might want to take that chance. Like if, say, you are one of those bubble teams that happens or not bubble teams, but say you're the number 10 spot and you want to, uh, and you win the draft and you're like, no, I don't think I really need it. But you know, we've got um, some big guys coming off the books next year. Maybe we need a, a first overall pick. Um, or we've got some big name guys coming off the books this year. We might suck mm-hmm. a little bit more um, and we need, we're going to need more guys. There could be a little bit more strategy involved. And I think that'd be interesting. And um, I think it, it, if you want to look at it's, Different circumstance, but it does it does work also. Um, take a look at the San Jose Sharks and uh, Ottawa Senators trade of Eric Carlson, and mm-hmm. it was um, it was yeah a first round pick in two thousand nineteen or two thousand twenty. Like it was, there was a condition on it, or I think Ottawa just got to choose. Yeah, if you want it, it's like you get it this year, but you have the option of postponing it to next year. Yeah, and if if you think if it's going to be mistaken, a better pick, if I'm not mistaken, they decided to postpone it to a year, and that's when they picked up Brady Kachuk. Yeah, right. So that, there's like a, it's a, again different circumstance. It's a trade mm-hmm. deal, but I like I do like that idea of okay, we want to choose to postpone it. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and I mean, if you choose to postpone it, you could have some incentive to go with it because you're taking a risk that you're not going to get the number one next year. Yeah. Um, almost to even it out, though, it could be okay if you decide not to take your first overall pick this year. Uh, instead of being guaranteed a top three, you're guaranteed a top five. Right, that's the risk you're taking. Yeah. Um, but because you're doing that, then. I don't know. I, I I'm trying. There's you get some incentive if you decide to wait. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I see like what you're saying. You're yeah. you're taking a risk, but you still get something at least back, mm-hmm. so that you yeah. don't completely lose out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and really, the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I don't think it's going to get used a ton, and I don't think it's, and it might seem kind of gimmicky, but my thought process was mm-hmm. that if you if you don't need the pick, but you think you might in a, a few years then that's when you'd want it. So if you are that you know team that just misses out or is like just on the edge of wherever they set the cutoff to mm-hmm. and you get that first overall, or you say you draw into the one or the two spot, um, then it's maybe you don't, you think you don't need that pick, but like in a few years, you know, 
Getzlaff's going to be gone. Henrique might be gone, for example, um, if we stick with the Ducks here. Then mm. you think, okay, well, maybe I don't want it the next year or the year after that. But maybe in that, that fifth year, I'll, I'll want that first overall pick yeah. or that second overall pick. Yeah, I still think it just it kind of encourages the tanking a little bit and like that's purposely true. not yeah. playing a bit well. So that's why I'm saying, like, okay, like I like the idea, but you limited mm-hmm. it just to one year ahead. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. So but, it would, yeah, it'd be interesting. It's it's something to think about. I think we spent a lot of time um, <laughs> on that. <just> but <laughs> ideas, theories. Yeah. That's what we do here, right? We, we so. might get roasted in the comments of the the video here. Get some DMs. Like, what what are you guys on? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I, we'll see. Let, let's hear your guys' ideas as well, though, or just even what you think about these draft rule proposals. So uh, yeah. you can you can tweet at us at Quack Report Pod or DM as well. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if like what other people think as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, oh, we do have one more piece of news. Jeez, this is like like we said, this is a big episode. <laughs> this one I think we'll just brush over though, because there's not really a whole lot to No. I mean, like it's it's a big deal, like, I guess, to talk about, but there's not it's not like this where okay, let's propose this, this, and this. It's it's just a it's a business deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you haven't heard uh already, the NHL has struck a deal with Disney um and ESPN slash ABC, but mostly Walt Disney, because they they own all of those things. As they do, um, so a seven-year uh, broadcasting deal uh, that gives them uh, four Stanley Cup Finals, the exclusive rights to those, um, as well as exclusive streaming deals on ESPN Plus, uh, Hulu, I believe, is included in there as well. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of a package deal right now, anyways. But um, but all that sort of stuff. So rather than uh, than NBC, and it seems like they're going to go with uh, Disney and ABC there for mm-hmm. the streaming rights. Yeah, so this is coming from the article uh, on NHL.com there. So each season, ABC and ESPN will show 25 regular season games on national telecasts, opening night games, the NHL All-Star game, and the All-Star skills. Half of the Stanley Cup playoffs, so I think like ABC gets half of it, then ESPN will get the other half, uh, including one of the conference final series plus other special events. An additional 75 national telecasts of regular season games each season will be produced by ESPN and streamed exclusively on ESPN Plus and Hulu. Uh, More than 1,000 regular season games in the NHL's out-of-market streaming package, formerly NHL.TV, will also be available exclusively as part of the ESPN Plus subscription. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interesting stuff. It it seems like they're moving more towards the the streaming model rather Mm -hmm. than the, the broadcasting model, which I think is what most people want nowadays anyways. I think... A lot more people are subscribed to um, NHL TV or up in Canada, Sportsnet Now um, or, or TSN even. And not many people have you know the cable subscriptions anymore. So I think this is mm-hmm. a smart move by the league. Yeah, 100%. And it's a, you know, it's a lot of money coming to the league as well, right? And it's mm-hmm. a little bit of a different area as well. I know there's been a lot of jokes and whatnot of uh, oh, ESPN doesn't cover hockey or anything like that. And yeah, uh, so... Like they're the ones who got it, but I think it also comes from uh, NBC. I believe is shutting down their sports network. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Next year, mm-hmm. um, so there's not really a place for it to go otherwise, except for you know NBC Main. Um, but you know they have all their own stuff as well and other yeah. things. So, mm-hmm. um, like another league that had a partnership with NBC uh, and NBC Sports was the Premier Lacrosse League, uh, and coming up as well, they still have. 
you know, they're still going to be televising games and whatnot, but they're kind of preparing for that as well. And uh, I think you can get all the games on, um, uh, what was the, uh, Peacock. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, Isn't so, that yeah, NBC's streaming platform? Or they, they own uh, it? Or am I, I think they might, else? yeah. So it's still kind of a deal with that, but it's kind of preparing for that, um, you know, not, not not having a sports network anymore for NBC. Mm-hmm. So because that's going to be shutting down here. So yeah. I think that, that's definitely part of it. Otherwise, I feel like the NBC contract would have continued. Um, so, but I think it was just, you know, the NHL talks were kind of happening a bit before that even was brought to light. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, no, that's uh, it's interesting and I'm, I'm excited to see it you know, and what ESPN can do with it as well. Cause I know mm-hmm. they do a good job of the other shows, but just cause they yeah. don't televise hockey, they, they don't really support it. So their hockey talk kind of sucks. But I think yeah. now that this is like, they have this deal in place, I think they'll do a lot better and probably poach some, um, some broadcasters either from in Canada or, or NBC ones and, mm-hmm. uh, and bring them on and analysts as well. I think they'll do, I think they'll do a good job of building a mm-hmm. team. So I don't remember it offhand, but I know there's already been a lot of people asking for uh, the original theme for the NHL for mm, ESPN mm-hmm. to come back, and it does sound like that's going to happen. Yeah. So after we're done this, I'm going to search it up and take a listen to it, so see if it's as iconic as uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> I, I took a listen to it, and I, I don't really recognize it, but I think it's because we're Canadian. and That's I'd, probably it, yeah. I, I've never really watched ESPN. So. Yeah. Um, but I, I would imagine, I can see, I can understand because of the Hockey Night in Canada theme and how iconic that is up here, mm-hmm. whereas down in the States, they're probably like, I don't know, I've never heard that before. And that still feels weird that the Hockey Night in Canada theme, like the original one is over on... Uh, uh, TSN now it's it's yeah. still, it throws me <laughs> off a little bit and it's been a little, uh, five years I think now so yeah yeah exactly it's but. it's weird at least it still exists somewhere yeah so. true um, but yeah I don't know anything to to add here or are you, are you all good no not yeah I got nothing I mean for the NHL this is great from a business standpoint obviously I'm not sure what the dollar amount is offhand but. Um, uh, it's a it's a lot. I think I saw like <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I, I know that goes without saying, but I I know that Friedman just had it here. Um, oh yeah, the average. This is this says okay. So Chris Chris Johnston says the NHL still has a second broadcast deal to negotiate finalize, which includes three Stanley Cup finals plus another deal with a streaming partner. So it'll, it'll ultimately be a lucrative package when combined with the approximately two point eight billion dollars coming from ESPN. Okay, so two point eight billion. Let me get my calculator out here. Friedman says the average comes between four hundred and ten and four hundred and twenty million per year. Say that one more time. Four hundred and ten and four hundred and twenty million. Damn, that's a lot. That's a good amount. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like I can't even picture that amount of money. The most money I can picture is like either Scrooge McDuck's vault. That um, you know he dives into, mm-hmm. which physically is not possible. He would dive into that thing and break his neck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how physics <laughs> work. Um, or you know the pile of money that the Joker jumps off of in the Dark Knight that mm-hmm. he burns half of. Yeah, that's the most but I can like. like fi- I can literally phys- like see. Mm-hmm. I guess. But like, how much is how much is that? Like, I, not yeah, four hundred and ten yeah. million, maybe. Yeah. Maybe half a million. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I I maybe say a million, two million. Yeah. So, uh, just to be generous, like, yeah, and then multiply that by twenty. <laughs> yeah, 
That's I'd lot. love to see if somebody could figure that out, actually. How much money is in that pile that the Joker mm. jumps off of in the yeah. Dark Knight? There's uh, <laughs> there's something I don't feel like looking up right now because I know we're, we're running pretty long. But um, in Breaking Bad, there's a scene where um, they, they walk into like a storage container and there's just like this stack, this neat stack of cash. And then um, they're like, how much is it? And he's like, I would guess somewhere between this and this. And someone did the math. They measured like what a stack of $100 <laughs> bills is and then you know, guessed about how big that is. And I don't remember the number, um, but it would be interesting to know, you know, if to, to find, you know, how much a, a one or a stack of 100s is and then yeah. multiply that out. <laughs> or like, if you know, length. Because isn't there like some fact where like if you take all the veins out of your body and they go around the world like four times or something or two times? That's kind of gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. I haven't heard that I one know. before, but that's gross. <laughs> yeah, but like, what would happen if you lined up like just just like a bill bunch of stacks, just, bill, not just even bill stacks. after bill? Yeah, not even not even stacks. Like, what would a hundred dollar? Like, if you took a, a row of a hundred dollar bills, how like how many times would that go around the world? I'd be interested to know, just to put it into perspective. I feel like a stack of like just one stack of a hundred dollar bills would be like probably city block. Oh, like if you stretched it out, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah, I like like I said, I really don't know, but it's uh, it's hard to imagine that amount of money. Okay. Yep. Anyways, I think we're uh, <laughs> we're college students. That's why it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine it. I, th- I think let's let's rein it back <laughs> in a little bit. Um, I don't know what I was doing there. Fish. Fish. No, fish. There we go. Got it. <laughs> Reel it back in. Uh, to some what's quacking. We're fishing for ducks. <laughs> we accidentally caught it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna be fishing for sharks here. We are. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we didn't get into the upcoming games. A little, yeah. little premature. What's quacking there? Uh, yeah. Friday, Saturday, uh, both games at seven p.m. Pacific time against San Jose. Back to backs there, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm sure we'll. Well, you you were on Stick Hungry uh, yesterday for the episode coming out same time Today. as ours, right? Yeah. So. If you want a little bit more chats on that, you can go uh, listen to Nate along with who was there, Dylan, Nick, uh, Dylan, Nick, and uh, producer T. Okay, yeah, that'll be a, a good chat. And the, so. uh, the the pigeon was in the background. <laughs> nice. I, I was not in. Camera, I guess yeah. I, I was not invited, so I, I guess fuck <laughs> me. And you guys can listen to Nate's beautiful voice for however long. But <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into the what's quacking here. So this is a, a clip I came across on Reddit of. Um, of Robin Williams doing a comedy sketch here, and it, it's not the full clip and it's not the full uh, full skit, but it reminded me of the full one. So we'll just play you the clip, and if you like it, definitely go check out the full clip. Uh, we'll talk about it a little more here, but let's uh, let's roll it. That's how they could invent golf. <laughs> they could have a couple of Guinness, and then the next thing you know, what's here's my idea for a sport: I knock a ball into a gopher hole. <laughs> mean like pool no forget pool that was a straight stick a little broken stick i whack a ball into a gopher hole oh you mean like croquet ah, no not croquet that's a pussy sport i put the whole hundreds of yards away oh kind of like a bowling alley oh no way i push it in the way i put stuff in the way like trees and bushes so you whack the ball and you're sitting there whacking away and you feel like you're gonna have a stroke. That's what we'll call it, because every time you hit the ball you think you're gonna die. And right near the end they'll put a nice flat bit with a tiny flag to give you hope. And the 
put a pool and a sandbox to grab your ball. <laughs> you do this one time. Oh no, eighteen damn times. I feel like that's pretty relevant because I think the Ducks are going to be, uh, you know, golfing pretty shortly here. <laughs> yeah, after the nine-game uh, losing streak there, I think it's pretty yeah. safe to bet that uh, we'll be golfing earlier than, yeah. uh, than most teams. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially down I in California, you can Will- go whenever you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I miss Robin Williams, though, man. He was such a funny guy. Like, I mean, like, his movies oh, yeah. were great and everything like that, too. But, like, have you ever just watched any of, like, his stand-up specials? God, they were so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if there's one skit that really stands out to me, I think it's a it's not one we could show here because it's about a half hour long or something like that, or like twenty minutes. He drags this out, but it goes by so quickly because it's so funny. Is talking about if the human reproductive system was designed oh, by committee. Go search that up on YouTube. It is one of the funniest things. Mm-hmm. You will ever listen to yeah. by far. That, that's and a good while, one. And while you're at it, you can find, I guess, like the full version of uh, the golf skit as well. It's about yeah. five minutes for that one, and mm-hmm. there's a bit more language and that sort of thing too. Yeah, but, it's, but it, it improves it's really it. It's, it's way funnier, especially with the Scottish accent. The, the yeah. language definitely <laughs> is up there for me. I'd put the golf skit there, and then it's the human reproductive one. I, and like, I think they're, they're pretty interchangeable because yeah. they're just so funny. Yeah. Oh man, there's so much good stuff from Robin Williams. I wish he was still around. He was such a funny guy. Yeah, such a brilliant mind too. Like to yeah. come, like who comes up with with that shit? Like if the human reproductive system <laughs> was, was designed, was designed by, by committee, committee. <laughs> like and and he does such a good job of it too. Yeah, he's uh, he's mm-hmm. definitely one of those guys that was gone like way too soon. That was such yeah. a sad day for everyone. Yeah, that was, for sure. How long ago was that? Were we graduated yet? I don't think so. No, no, there's no way. It might have been. I don't remember. Uh, not quite. Yeah, it was the summer of 2014. Yeah, so we weren't August graduated 2014. yet from no. high school. No, we were going into our last year. Yeah, yeah, no, that was heartbreaking, dude. Like his his acting, his his comedy. Like there's, mm-hmm. he was such a nice dude too. I mean, it seemed like I never met him. Yeah. obviously. <laughs> but like you, you could just tell. Um, and for like such an unfortunate reason too. Like yeah, with uh with mental health and all that. Mm-hmm. Very, very sad, but yeah, hopefully wherever he is, he's doing better. And uh, if you, if you want to, you know, just miss Robin Williams, definitely go check out his golf <laughs> skitter. Or if he's want a good laugh as well. So yeah, it's, it's good. But, it, uh, it definitely holds up. So yeah, yeah. The, the best part is like, nah, fuck. Okay. I put it <laughs> hundreds of yards away. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, the normal version, just not like, not, not a, broken stick it's the with a little fucked up stick <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like stuff like that where the swearing's like actually kind of kind of tasteful in a way yeah like well, it's, it's it's scots as well right so yeah kind of kind of stereotyping them a little bit but <laughs> a little bit but like the stereotype is basically that they'll, they'll throw on swears like you know everybody else throws hot sauce on everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's just yeah. for the flavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know. There's just something about about the f word rolling off of a, a Scottish tongue. The f word in general is just. It's a very. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Versatile. 
There you go. Versatile yeah. word. Yeah. Because we you, use as a verb, as a noun. Yeah. Like, La- last thing here. <laughs> have you seen that uh, that Netflix special, The History of Swear Words? Hosted by I Netflix have Cage? it, but I think I have it saved. Yeah. I want to watch it. Give it a watch. Yeah. There's an entire episode dedicated to fuck, and they say the, <laughs> the exact same thing you did. This It's noun, verb, adjective, anything you could possibly want. Um, yeah. There's other good ones, too. There's uh, uh, shit is a good one, like the history of that. Um, they do dick and the, the p word as well. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, so I'm not going to. But. Well, I mean, you said dick, but I'm, we know what know. you mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy. I can say dick. I, I don't think I can say the other one. <laughs> it's uh, it's oh. been reclaimed by someone that does not fit my description. So <laughs> fair enough. So, but it's it's interesting nonetheless to you know hear the history of it and kind of where it is now too. Anyways, mm-hmm. but yeah, go go check that show out if you want. More swears. <laughs> oh. Anything else to add? We've uh, this has been all over the place. So if you have anything on your chest you want to get off, just go nuts. Uh, let's hope upcoming is a great fucking game, and uh, we don't get fucked. There you go. <laughs> There's that that uh, versatility of that word. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can you can put it wherever you want. <laughs> uh, all right, and where and where can they find you if they want more f bombs from Nate? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. And you can follow the show at Quack Report Pod and the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself at Carter underscore Pots, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter. And I think that's all I have for plugs. We will see you guys on Sunday at noon for the live stream to talk a few games and hopefully get some WandaVision in there.